This is The First Years, a podcast about the unicorns of American agriculture, first-generation farmers, and the guts, grit, determination, and business prowess required to be one. Welcome to this week's episode of The First Years Podcast. Today, I'm chatting with Greg Hooker, and Greg is a farmer, a dairy farmer in California. Um, Greg, tell us about your farm. I'm super excited to chat with you today. Yeah. yeah I, I live in uh, Chowchilla, California, like I said, which is uh, in the Central Valley here, just uh, north of Fresno a little ways. Um, we moved here in 2002, approximately. We bought the property a little before that, and we we uh, um, we just bought a, a ranch here, and we built our dairy on it and uh, started milking here in 2002, and um, slowly expanded to the full size, uh, I think in 09, I think is when we finished. Um, so we kept adding on to it, uh, the original master plan until then. It took us a few years to get it all done. Um, I live here with my wife and, uh, I have six children and some of them are in college now. So they're coming and going. Uh, I got two in high school yet. You're very humble about the fact that you have six children. You forgot to mention that four of them are the same age and two of them are the same age, which makes my <laughs> brain want to explode. Yeah, that's a uh, little bit of a unique situation. <laughs> we had we have uh, four that are 20 years old now, and we have two that are 16 years old. So we had quadruplets and twins. So, which is incredible. So, so Greg, when, you're... When, the uh, the funny thing when we first started here, so they were born in '98 and 2000. Oh boy, 2001. So the year we moved down to Chowchilla here, we were building a house, building a dairy, and we had uh, two eight months old, eight month old twins, and we had four three year old quadruplets <laughs> during that year. So it was it was a whirlwind year. We got a lot accomplished in that one year. <laughs> And your wife needed a trophy for that. I just can't even. <laughs> she still does. Yeah, yeah. We get uh, one every year on Mother's Day. So. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, but so you're milking about five thousand cows at your farm in Chowchilla, forty-five hundred, forty-five hundred. Yes. Yep. We milk forty-five hundred uh, three times a day, and then we have uh, about that many heifers as well on site here. So. But you didn't grow up on a dairy farm. Can you share a little bit about your background and your journey to becoming a dairy farmer? Sure, sure. Yeah, I, I grew up in Michigan, um, uh, kind of West Michigan area. And uh, my extended family, they were involved in agriculture. They, uh, My grandparents and uncles, they had a feed mill, and my other set of uncles had a dairy farm. Um, but but my family had chosen to to not be part of that. Um, so I, I grew up. My dad worked for the utility company, um, and uh, it was it was all around me in in rural. I lived in rural Michigan there, so it was all around me. But I I didn't uh, get to enjoy the day to day aspects of farming. Um, we uh, uh, I can remember as a as a young child uh, sitting on the fence and just watching. You know my neighbors, uh, uh, you know, chopping alfalfa and and uh, cutting hay and things like that, and just wishing I was out there. It was a passion of mine right from the beginning, and uh, just uh, just didn't have the opportunity there, I guess, to to 
to uh, to make that happen. Um, and then I went off to college in, in West Michigan there. I, I went to Kelvin College in Grand Rapids and, and uh, uh, studied uh, mechanical engineering. Um, I have a degree in mechanical engineering, actually, and, and uh, I met my wife there. And uh, she happened to be from California and part of a dairy family. So after after a few years of going to school and, and then a year of working in the automotive industry in in, uh, in Michigan, um, we decided, you know what, we we didn't have a house, we didn't have any kids at the time, we um, wanted to be a little adventuresome, so we packed everything up and drove out to California and ended up uh, working for her dad for a little bit, and then we rented a place uh, up north here a little ways and, and then ultimately bought this property down here. So that was that was kind of the journey. Yeah, you shared with me that um, one of the, the the best learning experiences for you was working with your father-in-law side by side and and learning, you know, because you obviously didn't grow up on a dairy, so you had to learn everything, and you learned a lot from him. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. My Actually, my education in, in farming actually started with, uh, uh, in high school and college, I got a job in for my for my second uncle, actually, in, in, in Fremont, Michigan. And uh, it, they milked 160 cows and, and kind of did it all, milked and farmed and everything. And so my education started there, actually. So I'd get up each morning and at 4 o'clock in the morning and, and do chores in the morning and go home for breakfast and, and then be back uh, at 8 o'clock to uh, start, you know, whatever else we had to do. Um, so... My education started there in the in the dairy world, but then uh, um, when we ended up moving out to California, uh, my father-in-law he uh, he had a dairy. He was a he's a uh, veterinarian, trained vet- veterinarian, and had uh, practiced for like 12 years, and uh, um, and then ended up in the dairy business himself. And so I worked alongside of him for a couple years, um, kind of learning the ins and outs uh, of of not only dairying, but the specifics of, of dairying in California. Um, there's different, uh, um, you know, just different ins and outs uh, mm-hmm. that uh, occur here in California that you don't have to worry about in the Midwest. So right. uh, he not only taught me the animal side of things, but but the, um, but the business side of things as well, because that's obviously a very important aspect of, of running a, a dairy farm is the business side of things and the dollars and cents side of things. Mm-hmm. So, um, great, great teacher, great father-in-law. We've, uh, we've gotten along good over the years and, and he taught me and, and was, uh, gracious to, to, uh, say, okay, go ahead, go do it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, learn by doing. So yeah. I wasn't, wasn't afraid to let me make mistakes and, and, uh, um, yeah, looking back at it, I, 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 I kind of laugh at some of the things I did, but that's, that's part of everybody's path, right? You learn, <laughs> yeah. how, to, learn how to do it by, uh, by making mistakes, and hopefully the next time you do it a little better. So Yeah, for sure. So in 1995, you and Jennifer are milking like uh, 800 cows, would you say, on, on that rented dairy mm-hmm. in Esquan? So then what made you decide, okay, I, you know, I've decided that this has been great. Renting a dairy has been great, but we want to purchase our own land and build our our own farm. Right. So um, yeah, we we 
we got up there in 95, like you said, and we had a, a five-year lease on the property. And and uh, so after three years of being there, we kind of had to decide, well, what, what do we do? Um, do we want to keep doing this? And, and where do we want to do it? That was, uh, I think, I think we had decided we loved it and wanted to do it. It was just a matter of where. And uh, um, we we looked at different places. We looked in California here, and we actually looked in Michigan a little bit as well. We we kind of we wanted to be next to one of our families at least. Um, uh, we you know we uh, we value family and and wanted to be somewhat close to one side of the family. We we couldn't be close to both. So I mean physically mm-hmm. close. So we. Uh, um, we looked at the property we were renting, and and uh, at the time we could, for what the for what the uh, what they were asking for that place, we could have bought that rented place. Um, we could buy a new place down here and build a build it from scratch for almost the same amount of money. So it was uh, it was kind of a uh, business decision uh, to to move down here. Uh, it was it, it was we had we had started putting down roots there actually we had some good friends up there we still do and and uh so that was a little bit uh a little bit create a little bit of anxiety moving away from new friends and and uh moving down to the Chowchilla area here but it actually you know god works in mysterious ways we we we've made great friends down here as well so um there's uh there's, there's good people everywhere so uh yeah it was yeah, it was it was a good decision and and uh, it's been a, it's been fun. The transition wasn't very easy though. I mean, when you when you guys <laughs> purchased that property, and then you went through a whole host of issues, even even resulting in several lawsuits um, to be able just to to be able to build your dairy there. What was that like? And was that discouraging? You know, you're a young producer starting out. Like you said, you have six children that are all small. That seems like it would be, you know, feel like a lot of pressure. Was that a lot? I mean, was that? <laughs> yeah, was... it, it, uh, uh, I, I wouldn't, I guess I didn't know what I was getting into. And that was probably a good thing <laughs> because I, I don't know if I'd want to do it again. But, uh, um, you know, we, we yeah we got like you said we got kind of stuck in the in no man's land a little bit um right at that time um california was the the dairy uh facility permitting process was kind of going through a change and and prior to that it was you know really easy to get a permit you basically walk in and walk out with a permit and uh right when we went in to get our permit um things were going through this change and and the biggest problem was they didn't know what they needed to do to make it happen as far as the counties and the permitting and and so they were they didn't know what to tell us um and and we pushed ahead we we uh people asked me that you know why did you do it and this and that and it was kind of like well i was on a rented place that my lease was up and it was either either fight this battle or walk away and do something else. And mm-hmm. so it was, okay, well, let's, let's fight. We don't have a whole lot to lose. We can, we, uh, you yeah, know, this is, it was our livelihood. So, um, we, we had a lot of motivation to, to push forward. Uh, but it was, it, it, it added that, you know, building a new facility, moving locations is, is, is 
is tough enough, you know, making new friends, you know, building things and dealing with the building process and, and the finances of it and, and that whole legal aspect added a whole other dimension to it, um, which, which uh, um, you know, it was, it was, it was a trying time. We, we uh, kept busy doing other things, but, but uh, there was always that, that issue hanging over our heads. But uh, mm-hmm. it worked out good. Like you said, we they they filed. Uh, it was an it was an uh, uh, an environmental group, um, actually out of San Francisco that came over here to the valley and and kind of just threw lawsuits around basically to different people and um, and really they were just hoping that we would walk away from it and not want to fight um, because they really didn't have a case too much. It was more of a harassment than anything else. Um, but it took us took us about two years I think and then we we were we prevailed every step of the way and uh, they even appealed it to the Supreme Court here in California and and uh, the Supreme Court um, decided not to hear it and let the appellate court's decision stand and and uh, and it was finally it was finally a done deal so it took a couple of years but it, uh, it got done so yeah um, I've been on your place before and I hadn't, this is embarrassing that I hadn't had this thought until now, but how do you think, you know, because a lot of the people I talk to say, if I hadn't taken the steps I'd taken to get to where I am, then I wouldn't be where I am. And looking, you know, thinking back to your dairy, how do you think having that mechanical engineering degree has influence, you know, when you're building something from scratch, obviously you get to design what it, what it, how it functions mm-hmm. and flow and all that. How do you think that influence has influenced your business? Uh, yeah, that's it's a uh, that's a good question. Um, you know, I'm I'm I, I actually view myself not so much as a cow person. <laughs> I, uh, I that's kind of funny to say. It, I you know um, I, I I look at myself more of a, as a businessman and as a uh, as a problem solver and and, a, and an organizer, um, I think having you know that the mechanical back mechanical engineering background, it it gave me really really you're just taught to how to solve problems, um, you know, from a from a scientific standpoint, from an engineering standpoint, and I think that's really helped in um, being able to think through systems, whether it's a um, a manure handling system, or a, a cow cooling system, or a or a, uh, a milk uh, cooling, you know, air compressor, whatever whatever system you're talking about, to having having that background in engineering is, is able has enabled me to kind of look at those from a different perspective, I guess, um, mm-hmm. and then and then hopefully made the right choice to to put it to design it a certain way, um, you know, to, to be the most efficient way uh, possible. So um, I, I, my, uh, I, I'm, I'm always looking for efficiencies. It's almost, too, uh, it's, it's almost uh, uh, annoying to people around me, <laughs> but I'm always looking for, for efficiencies in different systems, how we can do it a little bit better, and, and um that probably can define most dairymen probably, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, having that engineering background, I think, is really, has really helped in, uh, in that aspect. Yeah, I think you're probably right, um, because that is something that 
I did, I did notice that uh, your farm in, in design and I'm sure by design on your part is super efficient, um, which is, which I, I think does go back to like what you were talking about in learning in college. Um, so you built the farm, you're growing it, growing it steadily, 2009, you reach um, your herd size, your herd size goal, um, 2009 also you know, uh, super devastating, catastrophic year for milk prices, um, not felt anywhere in the country quite as badly as it was felt in California. Um, so you survive, you know, kind of survive, survive 2009, get through. And then in 2012, right. Is that the year that, that you joined with some other families, um, to, to, um, put together and build a powder plant. Was that in 2012? Um, yeah, you know that was a that was a long process too. Uh, to tell you the truth, I can't remember exactly um, when we started that. It was probably it was probably a little bit later than that. Um, uh, we just we just had our actually two year anniversary on Friday of our groundbreaking, so we had started planning that two years before. So it was probably in you know, in the in the 2014, but we probably had our initial our initial meetings way back in 2012. You're probably right. Um, because that was a that was a long process as well. We uh, we ended up with uh, about five in yeah five families basically that we got together and um, along with a few other people and and uh, built this powder plant and and it went online in February and uh, uh, so we've been shipping our milk to the the powder plant here for the last few months. Um, yeah, it's up and going and and fully operational and and uh, um, yeah, just another another step process, I guess. Mm -hmm. One thing that I have always been intrigued um, about about your farm, probably because it's similar to our situation and the fact that you're an independent shipper, so you don't you don't belong to a cooperative, um, which has significant risk, but also can have significant reward. Um, I'm wondering, uh, with, you know, California destroying the federal order, how that's going to change, you know, does, how is that going to impact your business? That's a good question as well. Um, we've looked at, we've looked at that from both a processing standpoint now, uh, mm -hmm. and being involved in the processing side, but also as a dairyman. Um, you know, I, I think it's going to take a little while to, to shake out how all that's going to be. Um, priced out and what the what the long-term impacts will be um, I, I I think I, I think ultimately the you know the market it's a supply and demand market and and maybe there'll be some initial adjustments in prices and and um, you know premiums and over market type things um, you know I, I don't see it affecting the overall price too much long term because it still is market driven, and uh, mm -hmm. um, it, it's going to it's going to be a little bit of a learning curve for I think everybody to to in California ha that haven't that haven't been involved in you know the federal order up until now. Um, you know it's going to be a learning curve to see how that's all going to play out. Um, whether mm -hmm. that's a, a good thing or a bad thing, I'm you know I, I'm going to have to we're going to just have to wait and see um, how yeah. that all how that all plays out. Um, you know, I think there's going to be pluses and minuses and, and, and it's going to, it's going to be interesting how our quota system, uh, uh, 
plays out. We were allowed to keep mm-hmm. our quota system in California. Um, and uh, so it's going to be intact, but it's going to be changed a little bit from what it has been. Uh, so long term, it, it's you know, I think there's some uncertainties of how that's all going to how that's all going to come together and uh, and how the processors and dairymen are going to um, react and and uh, um, adjust their business models to to you know to fit that that new pricing mechanism there so mm-hmm. what's the worst advice you ever received when you were starting <laughs> the worst advice oh man uh, that's a that's a good I uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know the worst the worst maybe it's just the opposite of the best advice i guess maybe um is is you know why are you building it you know milk prices are terrible right now why are you expanding <laughs> and and so that's just the opposite of the best best advice is well you need to if you're gonna if, if you want to expand you just you pick a time that you can you know that it's going to work out for you and you do it um it's so hard to guess the market um you know, like like you were saying, I finished my expansion in '09. You know, that that was awful timing, but it was it was the right timing for me. We did it, and you get through whatever comes, and uh, you move on. Um, if you if you wait for a 2014, um, by the time you're done with your expansion, it's uh, it's into a low low price <laughs> cycle again. It's, so it's 2016. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you just you just you make your plans, and you uh, it's the same the same example with a powder plant, right? We we uh, it started when when powder prices were very high, and and we ended up uh, bringing it online when when powder prices were at you know historical lows. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, you know, powder prices will come back again sometime eventually. Who knows when? But you just uh, you, you make your plans, and you you. Set them in motion, and then uh, uh, don't try to guess what the best time is going to be. You just make the time right for yourself. So, um, yeah, that's probably the the worst advice is to wait for the market and the best price. The best advice is just to wait for your timing and and do it in your timing and and make sure everything else is right. So, yeah, that makes sense. Um, so there's one question, Greg, that I ask everyone who comes on the podcast. Do you think, you know, to what do you credit your success? Do you think it's timing, luck? Do you think it's skill or maybe a combination of both? It's not one particular, it's not my ultimate skill that made it happen. Um, there's, there's lots of, there's lots of other people involved, family and, and friends. And, um, there's, uh, a lot of, lots of people you get advice from and, and, uh, directions from. And support from, uh, you know, it it, uh, uh, it it ultimately comes down to, you know, doing the best you can with what you have, and and uh, um, being generous with what you what you have with other people, and and uh, um, yeah, and, and let you know, the whole the whole providence of God um, direct you, and 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 let it uh, let it direct your life. Um, you know, it uh, uh, you obviously you need to have some some knowledge to make things happen. But there's you know those, those to be a success in any business is you know multifactorial. It just you know there's just there's just a 
uh, a variety of things that have to come together to to make it right. And it's most of the time you're not going to be made or made or make it or break it on a single decision. It's the it's the, it's the uh, you know the cumulative effect of, uh, of a thousand decisions and and mm-hmm. readjusting and and uh, um, keeping your eyes open for the next uh, for the next opportunity and for the next uh, you know challenge. Um, and, and to tell you the truth, that's kind of my job. I, I what I'm doing now is I, I do a lot less day to day. You know, dairy herd stuff. It, there's there's so many things going on that to to keep up with new uh, new technology, uh, new information, um, new regulations. You, you kind of have to have a pulse on all that in order to you know, find your way in the future. I mean, it's mm-hmm. the days of just uh, being behind the cow and worrying about the cow and not caring about, you know, the the dollars and cents and the um, you know, environmental regulations coming along or the or the uh, workplace uh, um, uh, workplace uh, you know workman's comp issues, and you, you have to you have to be aware of all those things, and right. uh, and try to try to balance between all those and 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 make sure each one uh, is, is is addressed in your operation. Um, you can't you can't just uh, be focused on one thing. Hopefully, you have people that can focus on one thing. But as a as an owner, as a as a, a manager, you have to you have to know a little bit about everything in order to make sure all those uh, are coming together and 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 gelling together to be successful. Well, Greg, it's been so much fun to chat with you today. Um, I still always enjoy hearing your story. Um, super intrigued by it, and just was you know really enjoyed learning more about your farm when I visited you and enjoyed chatting with you today and until next week guys that was this week's episode of the first year's podcast